0: So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Lisa Michelle, Passive Income Group 360, the podcast. Welcome back. If you've been here before, I appreciate you coming back to listen to the episode. If it's your very first time being here, welcome to you too. I appreciate you all. Um, I just want to say thank you. This is my 10th episode. Yay. Yay. It's a small milestone, but a milestone nonetheless. And I just want to let you know that I really appreciate you taking the time to listen, whether it's your first time being here, whether you've come back. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for your support. Um, Today, I kind of wanted to pick up on something that I talked about in episode, I believe, three, uh, which was how to start a print on demand business. So I want to kind of continue on that same vein, um assuming okay you've started a print on demand business you know what are the next steps you know now that we've set up this business how do we make sure that it flourishes how do we grow it how do we scale it so i just kind of want to pick up where we left off in that episode so again if you're not familiar with print on demand it's a business model where you provide merchandise to your customers that's printed and shipped once your customer places an order and pays for it. So it's not something that you have to worry about, um, you know, keeping inventory on hand to sell to your customers. It's not something where you have to worry about shipping inventory to your customers. All that is taken care of for you. So all you have to do is worry about setting up the shop, listing the products that you want to sell and connecting with a print on demand company that will take care of the printing and shipping for you. Okay, so you can do this either through an e-com store or a website like Shopify or WooCommerce, or you can sell your designs uh, via platforms like Redbubble, Zazzle, Spreadshirt, Cafe Press, Sunfrog, the list goes on and on. So one of the first things, one of the most important things is that you want to make sure that you really know and understand your target audience. And I've talked before about picking a niche, which is just picking an audience or a group of people that you want to focus on. You know, you want to provide services or products to this one particular group of people. And in doing that, you really want to try at least to, maybe to a small extent, come up with a custom avatar in your mind so that when you are trying to decide what products you want to offer, you have an actual human in mind. So it's not just saying, you know, I want to provide t-shirts to women. You want to have in mind a, an actual person. Okay, this person works nine to five. She's single. She doesn't have any children. She likes to work out every day. She eats healthy. She practices yoga. I mean, you know, if you can get that specific you have a really good idea of what types of products that woman or that particular person will want, need, and love. So one of the first things, one of the most important things is you've got to know and understand your target audience. I don't know anything about woodworking and nothing about woodworking. So it'll be really hard for me to try to cater to people who are involved in that. I don't know, the lingo, I don't know, you know, how to do it. <laughs> it would just be really hard for me to say, okay, I'm going to try to provide services or products for people in that particular niche. You want to pick something that you understand, um, something that you love. So it's something that you don't mind um, working with. You know what I mean? It's something you can talk about to a large extent and understand. Um, the next thing is you want to build a strong brand, with a voice. So you want your brand to have its own voice and to have its own vision. And you want that voice and that vision to be consistent throughout your website, throughout your designs, throughout your marketing campaigns. So whenever someone sees your brand, they'll almost be able to, you know, hear the person behind the brand, behind the company. So you don't want to have a formal voice On your website when you're describing your products and then have kind of a casual uh, voice in your marketing campaigns because it's not really consistent, right? You want to have that same feeling whether or not the person's on your site or you have some type of email marketing campaign. You want them to almost hear a voice in their head when they see your logo or when they see your brand colors and your brand name, of course. So, Build a strong brand with a voice and a vision, and keep it consistent. Another thing is, if you've decided to open up a print-on-demand website, so you're not selling on, you know, Redbubble or Zazzle or anything like that, but you've got your own .dot com, um, you want to make sure that your site is well optimized. So you want it to be optimized for search engine optimization and you want it to be able to be found by anyone who may be looking for your particular item. And for the search engines, you wanna make sure that you've got an FAQ section, uh, frequently asked questions. You wanna make sure you have your policies in place. So you've got legal policies, you've got shipping and return policies, and you just have information that someone will be looking for if they go to your website. If you go to a site, uh, let's say you go into Target or Walmart or Amazon. You're expecting a section that will tell you, you know, what do I do if I want to make a return? Or what happens to my personal information? Will it be shared with others? Will it be sold to others? You want your customers to be able to find this information easily on your site. Otherwise, they they may not feel as though it's trustworthy and they may just go somewhere else. So make sure you've got policies on your site. If you can do a frequently asked questions list, definitely do that. And if you, you know, if you're new and you don't have any questions that have been asked, just think of questions that you would have as a new shopper. You know, what is this something that someone else may want to know as a first time shopper on my site and just prepare questions, anticipating them coming from new customers. And that'll help them stay on your website longer because they're reading the information and that'll help you in terms of your um, SEO for the search engines. Also don't forget to list uh, your contact information. Your customers will wanna know how they can reach you with questions. So whether it's a phone number or an email address or a contact form, make sure you have something on your site that's easily uh, readily available where people can reach out to you. All these things will help them feel comfortable shopping with you. It'll make your shop look more professional and more legitimate. And speaking of trust, um, another trust indicator you may want to add onto your site is the, the badge, the trust badges you know that let people know that they're that they're safe making purchases on your site using a credit card. Because for a lot of people, if they don't see trust badges saying, okay, we ensure that this purchase will be safe, they may not feel comfortable shopping on your site. So if you're not familiar with the trust badge, just you know look on a site like Amazon or Walmart or some other site. And when you get to the checkout page, just take a look at what's there and then make sure that whatever's on that page that would make you as a customer feel comfortable, that you put those same but you put the same items on your own website. So you want people to have a positive experience and you want them to feel as comfortable as possible shopping with you and sharing their personal information with you on, on your site. Reviews. Again, if you have your own site, try to put reviews on there. I know it may be difficult if it's a new site, but even if you've you know shared a product with a relative, if you've given a sample to a friend to try, if they've given you positive reviews, you know, ask is is it okay if i put your comments on my website. It doesn't have to be a review from someone that you don't know. It, all you're saying is that here's a review or here's what a customer said about this item. If your friend or relative said, "Hey, you know, this t-shirt is great. It's comfortable. I love the design. You know, when I washed it, it didn't shrink. I, I'll shop here again." Like I said, ask for permission to use their name and their comment on your site and put it up there. And when people see that, it really does go a long way in terms of social proof, showing that there is someone else out there besides you that has seen this item or has used this item, and it'll make people more willing to shop on your site. So don't feel as though you've gotta have review from a total stranger. Just take any positive review that you have from someone that's actually used or seen your product, and put it up on your site. Now, if you decide to run ads, um, you may want to try Facebook ads if you are familiar with marketing. A lot of people have wasted a lot of money on Facebook ads because they didn't know how to target their audience properly. So I'm reluctant to even mention Facebook ads because, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you can really throw a lot of money. Just down the drain, but if you're familiar with marketing or you're willing to learn about marketing, Facebook ads can be effective if you are targeting your audience and you're using Facebook's audience insight. Facebook audience insight will allow you to target an audience, I mean, down to their profession, to their interests, hobbies, um... You know, if I was selling a T-shirt for dog lovers, I can create a Facebook ad and target it to people who are veterinarians. I could target it to people who uh, have bought Purina dog chow, you know, over the past year, because if they bought dog food, I am hoping they've got they've got a dog. Um, I can target it to people who have Googled or not Googled, but people who have uh, maybe reached out to other people who have got dog Facebook groups it's, it's a great way to actually identify your target audience on Facebook. So if you if you know how to use it, it can be a great tool because you don't want to just list a Facebook ad that'll go out to 80 million people and you don't even know if half of those people even like dogs, right? You want to make sure that you're at least focusing it toward people who either own a dog who you know work with animals and have a higher chance of actually, you know, liking dogs and maybe being in your niche. So that's something to look at. If you're not comfortable with paid ads, uh, Pinterest is another great way to market your products, a great way to market your products. You can go on Pinterest for free, you can create a business account, and you can create pins. Put the pins on boards that you set up around your niche and around your product type. So if you're selling mini flashlights or if you're selling, um, I don't know, baseball caps, set up boards for either mini flashlights or maybe novelty gifts. You can set up a board for different types of caps or set up a board for different types of baseball caps, create pins of your products and put them on the relevant boards. Go to other boards, follow other people. As you follow other people and you keep pinning, you've got to be consistent with pinning. You can't pin, uh, you know, five pins one day and then come back two weeks later. You've got to be consistent with this and put up pins, share people's pins every day. And you'll slowly, but surely and eventually gain more followers and you'll gain more traction. Now, It's easier to get monthly involvement or monthly um, engagement on Pinterest than it is to actually get followers, but that's okay. If you have people coming to your boards and they have people saving and sharing your pins, then that's free exposure for your business. So I would create a pin for every product that you put out there and put them on different boards. Now you can't, well, you can But you may not want to just have all of your products on all of your boards. You also want to be able to, you know, put up other people's boards as well and try to focus on other people's pins that are actually doing well and that have a high engagement. Because if they're getting high engagement on those pins, then they're seeing the other um, items that you have on your other boards, which are your products. So if you're not familiar with um, Pinterest, Just go to Pinterest.com, set up a business account, create a board, name that board, whatever your product you want to advertise, whatever that category is. If it's t-shirts, if it's hats, create a board for those products. Then you want to create pins for your specific products that you will put in those boards, which would be the appropriate category, right? So if I'm selling um, baseball caps for coffee lovers, I can set up a board for coffee lovers. I can set up a board for baseball hats, baseball caps. And I can create pins for the coffee lover's hat. And I can pin that in both of those boards. Because people that love coffee, they may be interested in different types of merchandise featuring, you know, saying for people who love coffee, And they may also be interested in other items related to coffee, T-shirts, hats, so on and so on. So I hope that's clear. Um, I I think I'll probably do an episode just dedicated to Pinterest. I use an app called Tailwind to actually um, post my pins so that I don't have to go on Pinterest every day. I can use Tailwind to schedule 50 pins at one time. And I can schedule them to go out different times um, during the day, during the week, during the month. So it saves time. But if you don't have access to tailwind, then just do it yourself. It's free to join. Just go on Pinterest, play around with it. Maybe Google how to create a pin if you're unsure how to do it and try to get started on that as soon as possible. It's a great way to market your products for free. Speaking of marketing, um, email marketing. Now, If you have your own shop, even if you don't have your own shop, email marketing is a great way to try to build a community uh, around your brand. So if you've got your own website, you want to try to create some type of freebie or lead magnet so that when people come to your site, they'll see a form that'll say, hey, take this free whatever. And in exchange for that, you can join my tribe or join my group, join my newsletter, and I'll provide you with, you know, promotions or, you know, whatever it is that you want to provide your customers on a regular basis. And then you'll be able to market to the people that are now on your email list. It's probably not enough to say, you know, just give me your email address so that I can spam you with, you know, exclusive content. You'll probably have to offer something, whether it's a discount code or some type of a worksheet or a checklist or something in exchange for their email address. But once you've got their email address, you can email them different promotional um, content. You can send them coupon codes later on, and you can also sell products through your email marketing. So if you started it now, and the holidays are coming. You could send an email saying, "Hey, we've got these great Halloween t-shirts coming out. Check us out with the link to your the page that has your Halloween t-shirts on it." You could do the same thing for Thanksgiving or um, Hanukkah or Christmas, Valentine's Day, and so on. In that email marketing, you, if you're able to actually segment your audience, so that you've got you know some people coming in who love t-shirts in this group other people who are hat fanatics in this group, then you can target your marketing even more, right? You can send emails saying, hey, I know you love baseball caps. I've got this new hat coming out, you know, for, uh, I don't know, the first day of, of uh, spring training camp in in March or April, whatever training camp is. And you can send it to just the people who love baseball caps. And you could do the same thing for people who just love yoga pants or whatever it is. But when they get that email, it's not a generic email saying, hey, look at this T-shirt when that person really just is interested in hats. You know what I mean? You can target it. And when they read the email, they'll feel that email is catered just for them because they love hats. The email is about hats and a new hat that's coming out. Way more likely to get a conversion that way than just sending out generic emails to people who may or may not be interested in the product that you're promoting at the moment. So email marketing is a great way to reach out to people on a more personal uh, level. Trends. So you want to make sure that you understand your niche and that you're giving them what they want. And by the same token, keep your pulse on the trends. Keep an eye out for, you know, different sayings that are out at the moment maybe for different lines, popular lines in movies. You don't want to copyright or violate anyone's um, intellectual property rights. You don't want to violate any trademarks or anything like that. But if you're familiar with something that's trendy, try to figure out a way to creatively market your products around that trend. Um, A while back, there were people who were talking about storming, what is it called? Area 51, something like that, you know, where there's (laughs) alleged to be an alien or something there. And there were people who were, I think, threatening to storm Area 51 at one point. There were a lot of t-shirts on Amazon about Area 51 that sold like crazy around that time, just because there was a trend around that particular event. So just like we have the elections coming up in November, there are a lot of you know, uh, Biden, Trump, or anti-Biden, anti-Trump merchandise out there. Keep an eye out for just things that are happening, and see if there's a way that you can use that to cater to your niche, so that you're giving them what they want because it is your niche. But you're making that item even more attractive to them because it's 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 involving something that's going on today. It's something that's current. It's hot. It's trendy. So if there's a way that you can do that, take advantage of it and run with it. And by the same token, if you have one niche and you're able to bring in another niche and cross niche, you've got a win-win, right? You've got trendy, you've got you know what was tried and true, put them together, you've got a winning combination. My last tip is something that I haven't heard anybody else talking about. Maybe they are, I don't know. I haven't heard it, I don't think, which is cross-promoting your print-on-demand store, if you have one, with items that you may be selling with a print-on-demand company. So let's say I've got a Shopify e-com store and I also sell designs via Spreadshirt. There's a way to link your Spreadshirt shop to your e-com store. So if I've got all women's t-shirts in my e-com store, how great would that be if once you get to checkout, you've made the purchase, with that thank you email, there's a link in there to the Spreadshop store saying, hey, thank you for your purchase, these women's t-shirts, we love you, it's awesome. If you want to look for t-shirts for men, visit my shop here, and there's a link to you know, a Spreadshirt shop. Why not give yourself as much exposure as possible? Make sure that you include all of your links to all of your platforms in as many places as possible. Don't limit yourself. If you've got an e comm store, don't feel as though you've just got to stick to that one particular store. If an e-commerce store, you've got a website. If you've got a website, use that exposure. Link your print-on-demand shops to that e com store somehow. You know, if you're selling journals on Amazon, KDP, link a journal onto your e-commerce store if it's somehow related to that same niche. Think of ways to cross-promote all of your items on different platforms and just take advantage of the exposure while you've got people's attention. I would wait until they go through checkout because you don't want to put anything on your site that'll take people away from your site before they make a purchase, but pay close attention if you've got the option to do um, a thank you email after they make a purchase and take advantage of that. And if you want to try to direct people somewhere else to upsell them, you know, with a different product or, you know, add something else in that's maybe not on your e-com store, but it's on a different platform. Why not take them there after they've made their purchase on one site? So it's just something to think about something that's worked for me. And it's not something that I really hear a lot of people talking about. So Grow your print-on-demand business. You've got it set up. Um, follow these steps and try to do what you can to get as much exposure as you can. Get as much free marketing as you can. And follow your niche and your target audience and give them what they want. Don't produce what you think they want or what you'd like to have. Look at actual trends. Look at the actual niche. What are these people like? What do they like to do? You've got the avatar in your mind, cater to that avatar, and you've got a winning combination. All right. So that is going to do it for me for today. I appreciate you listening. Please don't forget to go to the website, passiveincomegroup360.com forward slash podcast. Leave any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes there, and follow me in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening to. And I hope that you'll be back to listen to me next Friday. Until then, have a great day and peace. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe and look in the description for a link to join fellow listeners online. Until next time, peace.